brand new magazine and podcast exists to inspire, motivate and invigorate women to step into their businesses as truly themselves. Full of real life stories, practical solutions and inspirational ideas from fellow entrepreneurs. Each issue has a different theme that showcases the many values, beliefs and morals that women build their businesses around today. So, be your business and brand you. Welcome to the Profesh issue of Brand You Magazine. In this issue, we are celebrating women with typically professional career paths who have had success by going a little or a lot left field, and in doing so, have broken down many of the stereotypical norms of their industry. Absolute Powerhouse Dr. Bron owns a boutique High Vibes Osteopathy Clinic focused on a holistic and positive approach to each woman's whole health and well-being journey. Her own brand of sunshine, big laughs and real rawness is a breath of fresh air in the often stuffy world of medicine. Get ready to be inspired to focus on the most important part of your business, you. Bron, can you introduce yourself for those that don't know who you are and what you do? Okay. Well, my name's Bron, or I'm affectionately known as Dr. Bron. So I'm an osteopath in East Brisbane. I own my own little clinic and I mainly focus on women's health and chronic pain and complex pain problems. And I've been doing it for about five years now. And yeah, I love it. It's just the best working with people who, you know, are a little bit lost or they're in pain or they're needing direction or support or nurturing and just not knowing where to go. And being allied health professional, but also primary caregiver means that they can access you without needing referrals from their GP. So sometimes we are the first port of call for people with pain before hospital or before, you know, not so much hospital, but in acute cases, yes. But, you know, it's, 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 that access for the community to be directed to where they need to go. So we are manual therapists, so we work hands-on basically. And it's the thing that really, I guess, people get confused with is, well, what's the difference between you and chiropractic and physiotherapy and massage therapy and all the cool little manual therapy options that are out there? And I guess for osteopathy, it's just always coming back to the fact that we're looking holistically at problems. You know, we're, we're treating the area that's symptomatic, but we're looking at the big picture and we're looking at the impact on more than just one system. And we're looking at how all the body systems interact with each other and that they can affect each other. So it's, it's more holistic and definitely patient-centred. It's not a treatment plan that you're going to get that the next person gets and the next person gets. It's about what you need at the time and what your body needs. So, yeah, it's it's great. It's a really cool career. Now, it is, this, being that this is the profesh issue, one of the things yes. that I've been talking to about a lot of people is that every industry in this sort of space seems to have some stereotypes around it. And what would you say are some of the stereotypes that you typically get around your industry? there's many we I guess we get called a little bit like that you know from from some people in the medical professional profession sorry 
um, a little bit witchcrafty, you know, just like witch doctors or, you know, they do spinal manipulation and blah, 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 blah. And I totally get that. They might have valid reasons for that. But it's, you know, we get definitely kind of pushed in that area or kind of glorified massage therapists. And it's just that's so, it really grinds my gears a little bit because we we work so hard with what we do. But, yeah, that would probably, I guess, yeah, stereotype. And a lot of people think just bones, you know, when they, they look into osteopathy, they're like, oh, osteoarthritis, and that's totally valid as well. It's Latin for bone, but it's really that's old terminology and it's just, yeah, these days it's actually the whole body that we look at. Yeah, and how everything connects. Like I have to admit I'm yes. definitely one of those people that I'm like put a lot of things into a woo-woo category until I've experienced it <laughs> myself and then like I'm a complete yeah. and utter convert and like who was that person yes. that didn't like believe in this stuff like um, I've had a lot of experiences in that space and now my mind is so open to the stuff so I've had experiences in a bone therapy space with acupressure beautiful I love bone therapy oh honestly like my story I I I swear by it now I always thought woo woo you know blah 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 whatever yeah and I had a baby that was refusing to drop even though I was in full-blown labor and had a bone massage and six hours later had a baby <laughs> there you go and it's amazing and just, yes those sorts of things and the same with a chiropractor like I've had years of yep. and it's really finding yeah like somebody who treats you no matter what the profession is I feel treats you as a whole person yep and that's what we're trying to I guess you know, move away from a little bit. And that's certainly not what I focus on in my clinic because I get asked all the time, you know, oh, should I see the chiropractor or should I see Mm. the pelvic physio? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. If, If you feel that they are providing you with the care that you need, if you're just going because you feel like you have to or, you know, you you just go every month or, you know, you love the chat and things like that, then, you know, you have to kind of think, of, am I getting what I need out of this right now? And I think you should always have, you know, a health practitioner that's got your, your greater interests at heart looking, you know, sometimes I go, I'm not the best professional for you. You know, I think it would be better if you did see a pelvic physio to help you with that and then come back to me and we can rebalance this or that. So, you know I think having letting go of all of that you know I'm going to hold on to this patient and I'm going to you know keep them in this scheme of like systematically getting them in it's just it doesn't work and it's not truly advocating for the patient and their problems so I think at the end of the day it doesn't matter what practitioner you're seeing they have to be a practitioner that's that's genuinely got your goals with your health or your business in mind that goes for everybody Hmm for business mentors, for everything. Yeah, I feel like it's so true. Like, and I think a lot of the time you can't realise that until you've moved yourself out of stereotypical systems. Yes, yes. You know? You can see from the outside looking in. Yeah. (laughs) Hindsight is 20-20, isn't that what they say? Now, you focus on women's health. I know that you work in paediatrics as well, but you focus on women's health and being that majority of people who are listening to this today will be women. (laughs) And as a woman who is edging gracefully towards 40, (laughs) who is starting to feel the things that age apparently, you know, it was always so far in the future and suddenly that future (laughs) is now. What what kinds of advice do you have, especially for women in business who have a tendency to not always put themselves as a first priority? Mm. What sorts of Mm. things can we be doing 
not necessarily to avoid seeing health professionals, but what sorts of things can we yeah. do to take care of ourselves so that we can have yeah. the most control over our well-being? Yeah. I think, you know, women in business, it's, I hate to say, we are the hardest working people of all time like it's the amount of juggling that you know and self-sacrificing and things that happen that the overtime that everything that happens you know something everyone talks about something's got to give you know it's such a, oh something's got to give you know you've got to either give up your side project or move on or you know get help but I think if you shift that and your business is always a reflection of you it doesn't matter if it's actually you or it might be skincare products or whatever it's always a reflection of you and as much as we try to separate ourselves from our business we can't in those first few years it's just us it's just us you know, and it's a lot of women in our kind of late 20s, you know, late 30s. It's that stage of our lives where you're either birthing a business or you're birthing a child, <laughs> you know, it's or you're just chilling out. And that's cool, too. But it's you're either focusing on something and you're nurturing it and you're growing it, you know, and then in 40s and 50s, you're living it. You've, you're have you reaping the benefits of what you've sown. So if you flip it and think, if I invest in myself now and I look at what I need to do for me and I actually flip it instead of, oh, I need to do that for my business, then flip it and think, you know, I need to do it for me and it's going to flow to my business. So if you're not nurturing yourself, it's going to reflect in your business. It's going to reflect in the uphill slog to get business, to focus on your marketing, to fo to find connections because your energetics are down. You're not aligned with where you want to be. So you might not be associating or networking with people you want to be right now. You might like, why am I not in that, that crowd of people that I look up to right now? You know, it's because you're your energy is not where it needs to be focused and it, that is always inwards. So I think if you start looking at your calendar and looking at your schedule and really treating yourself like a business and transactional and going, when can I schedule this time in for myself? That's a busy week, right? The next week I do a half week or whatever. Just balancing that. It doesn't have to be, you know, signing up to a gym and slogging, you know, slogging it out. It doesn't have to be paying for, you know, crazy amounts of, I don't know, courses to do to help you. It's within you and I think you just need to create quiet to figure out what works best for you, you know, figure out what nurtures you the most. I feel like you're speaking right to me right now. I have a, a, a <laughs> an ache in a shoulder and a neck here and stuff like that at the moment and yeah. it's always been but I have work to do and it's like oh, yeah. Um, yeah. suddenly you really only look at this when you start to go oh yeah I must have that sore shoulder because I was a dumbass and I was working on my laptop last night or I wasn't sitting properly yeah. in my chair or I haven't been eating as well as I should be so therefore I had a cold last week and yep and it just and may I just say we're all human and we totally do it as well as health professionals oh my god we drop the ball a lot of the time <laughs> but you know it then it affects everything right yeah your productivity, yeah, everything. And it really comes down to a, a saying that I saw on your website that it really spoke to me about how what you do differently is that you educate, you examine, and you empower. It's a huge part yeah. of your philosophy. Yeah. Why do you feel like that's so central to what you offer and why it's so important? 
I think for a long time women's health issues have kind of been swept under the rug or kind of dis- dismissed a little bit as, you know, I think endometriosis is the perfect example of that. Um, you know, like, oh, sorry, you've got period pain. You'll, you'll be right. You know, it's, that's normal. Well, it's not. Um, no, no period pain is normal. But you know, just dismissing. And I think now with social media, definitely with that access to information from technology and people really, really going out and looking for support communities to get the best information for them is starting to happen. And I think people are waking up and they're starting to advocate for their health more because they're going to these appointments and not getting the help that they feel that they need. It might be that the practitioner didn't know or quite understand the kind of help that they were after, but in saying that, you know, that you can always tell, I think, as a patient if they're not your kind of vibe or or anything like that or if they don't pick up what you're putting down. But I think, yeah, it happens a lot. But, yeah, I think just not treating people and patients like they're stupid a lot of the time like I am just talking for the 60 minutes that that you know initial patients with me because I'm like what are your goals what's your medical history let's understand what your body's talking about and as I'm treating them I'm explaining exactly why I'm doing what I'm doing just because I don't want them to sit there and kind of you know it's not a massage it's not to chill out it's to understand and drop into your body and feel where those areas of tension are and feel them relax we're changing your nervous system we're changing patterns of behavior and posture so I want you to be aware of it so that when you go out of my treatment room which is only an hour in your whole week that you're aware and you're like oh that's what Bron said when I was breathing and my diaphragm's really tight I need to be aware of that that's where change happens. If you're not educating people on their bodies or telling them what's happening with their bodies, I don't know how many people walk into my room after seeing a different health practitioner and still don't know their diagnosis. Mm. And that breaks my heart because if they don't understand what's going on, how are they meant to help themselves? Mm. You know, they're wandering around feeling like they're not getting what they need. So they're lost and they, they start to you know, go down the self-sabotage path of going, it's all in my head kind of thing. Yeah. So I think if we really spend the time and and osteopathy was really big on this, less is more, the body's intelligent, less is more. The key I always find is in the conversation, you know, the conversation, the amount of information that your hands get in treatment is huge, but the amount of information you get from the minute someone enters my treatment room, I'm picking up on their energy and I'm looking at their body language because it tells you where they're at. So I think it it gauges what information or how much you need to actually share with them today, or if it's just a treatment for them to just relax a little bit more in. Yeah, I think it's a huge part to their healing to do all of that. And awareness is such a key thing. I talk about it so often. They're massive. Until you have that, and it's in so many different parts of your life where information truly is power. And so if you yes. can actually learn about something, it's kind of, it creates all those new pathways in your brain. And so it's connection. That's it. And it's like, it's that whole body connection and that whole body awareness yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, sure. My shoulder's still giving me grief. I'm sitting here and I'm moving it around a bit, pointing at you and I'm still like, <laughs> oh, but I've got awareness now. But yeah, no, awareness is a huge thing that I've learned since being in business myself. But even yeah. like, and I love what you said about the fact that 
working in conjunction with other therapies that work as well. Like for instance, I found that going to a psychologist was a huge eye opener for me and it really opened my, me up Beautiful. to things, but it literally released a whole bunch of things. And I'm not kidding you. My body started, like suddenly yeah. started releasing a whole bunch of tensions and a whole bunch of sort of like a, Absolutely. a spiral started happening. And again, yep. like I said, I, I, the woo woo side of things, part of me, the practical part of me would always be like, oh, you know, whatever, you know, yeah. take a pill, fix it or whatever. But yeah. once you actually yep. start to see results from this type of thing, whether it's in yeah. business and you take action and something happens and you're like, yay, yeah. or whether you, it's empowering. Yes. And that's where it comes back around to the word why you want to empower yeah. people because you need to empower people yeah. to want change, you know, and know that it's possible. Yep. Or you're just pushing everything uphill. It's just hard work. Yeah. You need, it's hard work. Yeah. And I think, you know, you have to be, yeah, you have to be at that point where you need help or you want help, I should say. You, you know, you, there, there has to be meeting halfway with the patient. But, you know, it's, yeah, it comes back to really investing in yourself and really, you know, working the same pathways as stress and anxiety are the same as pain and inflammation. You know, they're hand in hand. So if we're achy, tired, sore, and we keep pushing it all to the side, the body's going to go, all right, I was whispering, now I'm going to yell. <laughs> so then, and that's when I usually see people go, I had a migraine for three days. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, or I just bent over it, everything fell apart. So it's just one of those things where, yeah, and it just, and it, it always happens when there's so much going on in your life and everything's due and, you know, it's all been an emotional week at home with the family or something like that. But, you know, it, it's going to, if we don't listen to it whispering, then we're going to listen, you know, we're going to hear it scream. Yeah. So it's just, just, you know, listen to the niggles when people see me and they've got a lot of niggles going on. They're this and that, and this and that. They're not moving enough. You are not moving enough. It's stiffness. It's fascial tightness. It's congestion. You need to move. You need to breathe. You need to, you know, dance. And it doesn't, people are like, oh, I don't want to go to the gym. I'm like, you don't have to. Why does everything have to be the bloody gym? Like it just, it can be anything that you get the endorphins and the enjoyment from. It doesn't have to be something you should, you know, sign up to. It can be something you enjoy and it does it can be small bursts of that it doesn't have to be an hour long or an hour two hour gym session it can just be 15 minutes a day but that consistency across the week helps you and balances you rather than the full commitment you know and that will build over time the better you feel that will get better and those times will increase so you know, baby steps. It's so true. My word for the year is happy and joyful, right? So like I realized how many things I was doing that weren't in that space and how like, you know, the world had put all these shoulds and coulds and I was like, not the world. I chose this. I can choose happy. I can choose joy. And what you just said about like, I have to admit, like, I feel like this whole conversation is directed at exactly (laughs) where I am in my life right now. You sort of went, you don't have to go to the gym. I was like, I could put music on and have a dance party with my kids. That's way more me. (laughs) And what a way, you know, what a way to start shifting more into a feminine space, you know, being more present with your kids and being a mom and dropping more into that feminine, soft, fun, playful 
you know, nurturing energy on a more regular basis. And it does absolutely mean you put on Cindy Lauper and lock yourself in your bedroom and dance, you know, until you break out in a sweat. Yes, you do. You do that because then you walk out and the rest of the day, you're like, I feel damn good, you know, and it's just, it doesn't have to be anything crazy. You know, it could be singing in the car, you know, like anything that's going to change your vibration on your energy like that, it'll change the tone of your day. You know, it doesn't have to be anything epic. And potentially save you, you a know, lot of money in the long term, let's be honest. <laughs> uh, let's be honest. A lot of money. A lot of money. So you take a really gentle approach to your treatment instead of the outdated no pain, no gain notion. Yeah? Yes. Yes, I do. Yes. So in in kind of osteopathy world, we have kind of two camps of you know, techniques that we might use with patients. There's a more structural direct techniques, which are more like, you know, soft tissue massage, stretching and, you know, moving the joints and muscles around a little bit and doing spinal manipulation or joint manipulation as well. So that's a very direct approach. And then there's another side of osteopathy, which is indirect, where it's very gentle, it's very subtle, it's, you know, no more than just a little bit of light pressure on your own arm. And it's just really listening to the more fluid body system and listening to the nervous system a little bit more and the breathing patterns that you have. And we do cranial osteopathy as well in that field. So a lot of people know what craniosacral therapy is, but osteopathy in the cranial field is where that has come from. So it's a gentle approach and a lot of people will know of this through um, pediatrics or, you know, I had a baby who had a tongue tie or had a flat head or yeah, or, or, the, or breastfeeding issues will know of the chiropractors and the osteos who work with the cranial work. So, you know, as what I love about osteopathy is we, we, we arrive at a destination with this mass, massive bag of, you know, tool bag with tools that we can use. And it doesn't mean we're limited to only a certain camp of that, of that kind of technique. We, we pick and choose what the body needs on that day with you. And at the end of the day, you're the patient and you get the final call because you, you can be like, I actually don't like any joint manipulation. And we go, cool next you know it's just all good we've got heaps of techniques that do amazing things as well that don't put you into that stress state going oh my god I really don't want this I don't like how much pressure they're using I don't like the adjustment it's all about how you feel and how and we can tell any good practitioner at that time with their manual therapy and palpation skills should be able to feel if a patient is just not not enjoying all of that you know, and you can tell when their body is not liking the, the style of treatment they're having. And something you just reminded me of, I remember, you know how you have those doctors that stick out in your head, like there's the ones that potentially you don't have a positive experience with, but there's also the ones that you suddenly yes. just go, you are in the right calling. And I remember speaking to this um, woman, Indian doctor, and she was fabulous. I went to her for as long as she stayed at that surgery, but she said something really, yeah. she's like, when a child is sick, we rush them and make sure that they are as well as possible. And we make sure that we support everything that we can because we are responsible mm. for them. You are responsible yep. for you too. You know, why not treat yep. yourself as you treat your child? Yes. Like, you know, I was always yes. tagging on my appointment at the end of my kids' appointments where I'd spend, yeah. you know, 10 minutes talking, 20 minutes talking about them. And I'd just sort of be like, oh, and I just need this, you know? Yeah. And yep. Yeah. Like, no, you need to flip those priorities because, and it just hundred percent stuck in my head, and yeah, it's just come flowing back. 
Yeah, it, this comes from the idea that, you know, the medical professional, we can't, they've kind of flipped it in the sense that it's the focus is on the child and that is great and needed and necessary. But at the same time, you're absolutely right with what you were saying. It flows from the mum. We have to look at Eastern cultures and how they absolutely nurture the mother. The 30 to 40 day rest period that they have in China. I mean, that, yeah, nurturing the mum through postpartum provisions. Like, you know, I mean, we don't have to go as excessive as sponge bathing the mother, but, you know, looking at the, and I see this in my clinic when I treat as well, is the fact that when they come in for breastfeeding issues, they book their child in and they're like, please help, you know, and I totally get that. But most of the time I'm rebooking the mother. I'm looking at the birth strains in the child. They're the same in the mum. I'm looking at the feeding pattern issues and I can see the issues could be perhaps coming from the mum as well. So it's a mother-baby dyad for a reason. And so this is where I want you to take back and think about what we said about the business being your child because sometimes it gets as much nurturing and time as a child um, and you have that much passion and, and love for it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> No, I that, compl- that you need to that it, you need to put as much love into yourself because it, it's going to grow that way. Mm. You know, it's going to it's going to grow. One of the most confronting things I've realised as a parent is exactly like any time my I have a problem with my kids, typically it's actually a problem with me, and that's like yeah. the biggest realisation that I've even had in business as well. Whereas, like, if there's yeah. a problem with my business, there's potentially something I need to work on for myself. Yeah. Yep. And that's what a great, you know, it's so powerful to have a tool like that to reflect on that and go, hang on a minute, could it be that I wasn't in the headspace when I booked that appointment, you know, to meet with them to talk about marketing or, you know, and then you got there and they weren't aligned with you, but, you know, you're not, you need to make business decisions from a place of gut more than your head because all of the time going with the flow doesn't really work. So, it's just you kind of have to be the squeaky wheel sometimes and just drop into your gut before you make all of those big decisions. And actually, I said to someone the other day who was a, who's opened her own business, she said to me, what should I do with my business? And I said, what should you do with you? <laughs> like, you know, what are you going to do for you? And she's like, oh, I didn't, I won't have time for that. And I had to do the big chat about what we just talked about. But yeah, it's, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and even like we've just met today, yeah, and your yeah. vibe is so high. You just need to jump onto your your online space and stuff like that. You have this Aww. really Thank high you. vibe, positive approach. It's refreshing in the often sterile world of medicine. Like there's yeah. a lot of, um, from even from a branding point of view, there's like a huge amount of like stereotypes around what a medical professional should look like and how their, their look yeah. and feel should be. Yours is full of colour and sunshine and light (laughs) and real rawness around things that have been really stigmatised for women as well. And you've just had a new look online. How important was it to embed who you are into your new look and your recently opened clinic as well? Yeah. Um, For me, it was a real, it was a real, decision that just kind of come out of nowhere because I didn't ever expect, you know, in my 
you know, fifth year out of uni that I'd be doing this, but that I'd still, you know, that I'd be actually, you know, and by mean that opening my own clinic, it's, it's crazy. But I think with me, it was more, I worked at a clinic with multiple practitioners when I first came out. And that was great because you got to see every type of condition or not every type, but a lot of conditions, all walks of life. You're working with a team. Everyone has different skills and interests and passions. And I loved it because you kind of got to see a breadth of things. And you, at some point, I think in my maybe first year at, I started to get more of the women's health stuff coming through the door. And I was thinking, why is this happening? Because it never was my intention. It really wasn't. I was just like, I love osteo. I'll do, I'll treat anything. Um, And it just kind of happened that we need more of this. You know, I've got this friend, I've got this colleague, I've got this, you know, some, a family member. And it just occurred to me how underserviced women's health is. And I was like, I need to do this, especially in Queensland, especially in osteopathy world. A lot of our beautiful practitioners are in Melbourne and New South Wales, but it's uh, Victoria and New South Wales, I should say, but not all, not all in Melbourne. (laughs) Poor poor things, they are scattered. But yeah, it's just, it was really limiting. And I thought, okay, I've got to do something here because, you know, I had a sister, I have a sister who's had endometriosis, fertility issues, miscarriages and pelvic pain. I've had a mother who's had a hysterectomy and pelvic pain and possibly endo. So I just thought to myself, this is a space I'm passionate about actually. And I can service people in this area. And when I was thinking of doing, of opening my own clinic, I was like, I couldn't think of a name. (laughs) that took forever I'm a you know I'm a Capricorn and a Pisces and a Gemini (laughs) and it's just you know to make a decision was intense and I just got I was like I can't think of a name and the amount of like I think I come up with body mechanic at some point I was like no this is just terrible I'm pulling the plug on this you know (laughs) this is a bad decision and I just thought do you know what people just call me Bron people call me Dr Bron you got to see Bron you got to see Dr Bron I thought you know what I'm just going to call it Dr. Bron Osteo. I'm just calling it that. And I was like, oh, this is really terrifying because it's me and it's my face and it's my body and it's my weirdness and my colour. I was like, oh, I really couldn't see myself doing it any other way, though. If I did it another way, I feel like it would be exhausting and I'd just be putting the mask on and just pretending. And how exhausting is that? Every day to have to pretend you're being this person that you're not. So I thought, now I'm just going to be me and I'm just going to brand it how I want. And when I was talking to my beautiful graphic designer, Claire from Flamingo Creative, she helped me so much because she was, yep, same as you, just working in her own business and just, you know, kind of starting to really invest in her business. And she's done so well. She said, you've just got to do, you've just got to do you. You've got to really get down to your values and what you're doing and why you're doing it. And it was, I had to actually buy a journal and start journaling. Because I was like, why? I want to get to the core of why, not just because, and because there wasn't enough out there doing that. I just wanted to get to the root of why I wanted to do it. And so that my values were clear, my intentions for my business were clear, and I guess my goals were clear. So just, yeah, I guess a self-reflection on me before I started doing that. But for me, it was like a no-brainer to not do that. When I, when I come to the conclusion, I was like, oh, of course, it keeps it so easy. <laughs> yes, thanks. And it gives people so, permission yeah. to do the same thing in return. Like I do very much the same thing. I started off my business doing the shoulds, the coulds, the have tos. And yeah, it's normal. Each time I 
step up as more myself, it's like, oh my God, the power. Like, and and one of the big words, yeah. like, I'm not kidding you, before I got into business for myself, I feel like this next word was a word, and I know it's very central to what you do in your business. I feel like this word is just bandied about, but it was empowering, right? Like yeah. it's a yeah. word that's so bandied about, and then it gets to yeah. a point where every time you hear it, it almost like makes you cringe a little bit like pivot in 2020, yeah. let's be honest. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But like so true. What does empowerment like? I always like this question for people because like what yeah. does empowerment mean for you? Because I know that what I've realized is that everyone has their own definition. Yeah. I think empowerment for me is being and making decisions from a place of being grounded, being authentic, feeling supported, informed about what you want to do or what you want to talk about. It's making decisions from that place. It's those gut decisions where you're like, my head told me to do that, but now I feel like I've, you know, that decision was so right. That's when you made a decision from a really empowering place. It's when you made a choice from a really empowering place. You feel a sense of peace and calm because you know it's the right thing to do for you. Yeah. So I think empowerment is, yeah, it's a, it's a process more than anything. Yeah. And it's not just like something that you suddenly are overnight. Like you said, it's something that, you know, it's almost like a breaking down and a building back up. Yeah. People call it, well, definitely. And I think 2020 was a collective dark night of the soul, but you know, it's a, you will always have a dark night of the soul or a really terrible kind of you know, time that really tests you. But on the other side of that is always going to be this massive reward for going through that because you come out with another layer of empowerment and knowledge about yourself and you go, wow, I need more boundaries or I need to work on my communication or I need to invest more in my health. Yep, cool. I'm picking up what the universe is saying and I'm putting it into action. I'm empowering myself. And that I think if you want more of that self-empowerment, you need to do more self-reflection work. You need to look at the stats in your business and look at where you were in a, your cycle, your mental health, your emotional, your physical, your family life at that time and kind of go, aha, uh -huh, that's why. It'll be there. Yeah, I, I, I've never right. been more in touch with my cycle since being in business. Like, yes. And like... <laughs> I've realized how strongly my body is connected to like a whole bunch of stuff that I just never really got <laughs> again, the woo-woo side of yeah. things. Like I was yeah. very like, <laughs> whatever. And then like, I remember there was like some sort of like crazy, like pile up of retrogrades a while ago, like about a year and a yes. half ago. Yes. And we had six in a row, I think. Yeah. And it was just boom, 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 boom. And like, yeah. I just felt like I was spinning around a circle, like going <laughs> what's going on? Yes. And once you start to realize those things and if nothing else, it gives you a really good excuse. <laughs> oh yeah. If it always blame that. <laughs> Bloody if retrograde. Yeah. Where's Mercury? <laughs> That's literally what I yeah. said. <laughs> yep. Where is it? I'm getting my app out. It's like you're I sitting know. there with like I'm a so stick like ready that. to whack it around a little bit. Like <laughs> where's that bloody Mercury and what mischief is it up to now? I'm starting, I'm starting to feel very sorry for Mercury. It gets such a bad rap. She, she means well sometimes, you know, but it's just, yeah, it's rough out there with when it's happening. And she's one of the small ones. She's got to like make herself felt heard somehow. Oh yeah. 
Oh, absolutely. I think we only have one. I think we've already had it. I think our last one we just had is it for the rest of the year. I, I, I'm pretty sure my astrologer said that, so I'm happy about that. Yeah, that one that piled up. I just remember just and every group I was in on Facebook, wherever, everyone was just like something off this week. Like everyone, like all the people that yeah. like, yeah. all the other practical souls as well were like, what's going <laughs> on? <laughs> And it yep. was like, I'm like that with the full moon now. Like I can tell when yes. a full moon's yes. coming. I'm just like, it's like I almost do that thing, you know, when people look at their watch and they're not wearing a watch, it's like you look at the sky and you're like, oh, that's exactly you're like, where are you? Where are you? How full are you? I know. I'm very similar. And it's like, I think as women, as we grow older as well, we become a lot more in tune with these things, especially if we take the time to listen, like you said, and take that time yes. to step back and really see what's going on around us and actually get down to the root of it. Because as women, we yeah. have a tendency to plow on through. Yeah. It doesn't work. No. It doesn't. And I think it's important because you mentioned your age earlier, which I am i don't believe for a second. <laughs> and it's you're in a you're in a perimenopausal space so well I'm, I'm assuming a lot of you know the women that are listening might be in that same area and it's a space that's not advocated or or spoken about enough and there are, it's it's the second period it's the second you know menzies it's that it's like having your first period but all over again fun. so it's just ch- yep changing your body is changing fun times <laughs> and obviously trying to manage all of your business stuff too and it's just one of those things where I think yeah nurturing more of that space and looking more into that will help because yeah you're a maga you're moving into that next big stage of your life 40 up where you're you're becoming the teacher for other people you're not the student anymore. You're actually teaching from or, or offering wisdom or doing what you're doing, like helping other women and going, I've learned this, let me share it. That's the next stage you're moving into. But you need to be able to do that from that centered, that centered space as a woman, because we're not like men. We're cyclic. So we're seasonal. We're cyclic. We're we're moody for a reason because our cycles affect us. And that, and what else is cyclic? The moon. So you know it's it all is so interlinked with this stuff. And I think the the wiser you get and you move into that Marga space like you're moving into, it all becomes so much clearer. And I think your decisions are much clearer. We have the highest rate of divorce, you know, <laughs> you know above 40 because women are like, hey, this doesn't serve me anymore or I don't want to be in this anymore because I'm so, I know who I am now. I don't need this. I deserve more than this or whatever. So I think... Yeah, nurturing those transitions for yourself is always going to be coming back to your health. And and like I said, reflecting and self-reflecting and going, how am I going through these transitions? How am I feeling? If like me, you felt every one of Dr. Bron's truth bombs fell a little too close to home, then check out her vivacious Insta feed to be inspired to embrace all of your own potential. Thank you for joining us today. If you would like to see more, subscribe to Brand New Magazine over at www.brandumagazine.com.au. Every three months you will receive the new issue direct to your inbox, full of gorgeous design, freebies and discounts, and interactive links that will allow you to connect with our contributors. And check out our Instagram for more inspiration to be your business and brand you.